of a warrior. In every generation, a few are chosen to prove it. One of you three will decide the outcome of the tournament. Three strangers will travel to the mystical realm of Outworld to defend our people against Shang Tsung. You will die. And his forces of darkness. In an ancient tournament, one more victory. Your soul is mine. And our world no! is theirs. It has begun. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damien Network. If you want more from us, check out the website themaindamien.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TheMainDamien. We're also now a proud member of Geek Fives Nation. You can find them at GMNation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio. With me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, what's going on, guys? Your soul is mine. <laughs> Great, Mark. Great. <laughs> I, lo- I really felt it. Was uh, that, I was debating which one of the lines he said to get out there, but finish him and all that was too obvious. So. Now, was that your? Is that what you sent them for your audition to play Shang Tsung in the yep. New Mortal Kombat? Yep, I, I tried to oh, get okay. into the video game, but they had to hire a familiar face. Oh, uh, you know, it's always so. something, you know. It's all about yeah. who you know. This week, we have a special guest from the Game Vault podcast that he hosts along with Mark Myers. We have Tom Schuster. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello, everyone. It's been about a little more than a, a year over since a year, yeah. the last time you graced us with your presence as we talked Sonic the Hedgehog the last time, and we held Jen at gunpoint for that episode. <laughs> <laughs> so how's it going, Tom? It is going. I'm vaccinated, so I feel good. I'm able to do things again, and, uh, you know, life goes on. Great. So what was the first thing you did? First thing I did was play baseball. That was my, oh, my first thing I did. I, I went and played a baseball game over this past weekend, and I'm still in pain. So <laughs> I'm getting old is what what this comes down to. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. This week, we are going to be talking about what we watched this week, because Dan has a question he wants to pose to all of us. So, Dan, why don't you take it away? All right, so in in spirit of the new movie coming out and the movie that we watched this week, we've all played Mortal Kombat here. Mm-hmm. My question is, who are your favorite Mortal Kombat characters? You could you could name a few, you can name one. 
but I, I'm just curious who's the best. Who, right. who are your favorites, I would say? Let's uh, start with Tom, the guest. All right. I have I have two. One's kind of obvious, I guess. I, Scorpion and Smoke are my two favorite characters. I, I like the ninja-based characters. Just because I used Scorpion like first when I started playing back in the day, and I just kind of always gravitated towards him, but he has like the easiest, cheesiest move, so it, it helps someone who sucks at fighting games. <laughs> what about you, Mark? So I played with Scorpion a lot. I was just making a joke that Tom said he had the easiest, cheesiest thing for a, a baby gamer to play. So he does. I was going off that. Well, <laughs> but his, no, fin- I, his finisher move in the original Mortal Kombat was holding block and pressing up. Yes, and yeah, then, exactly. that's what I mean. Yeah. That's the easiest yeah. thing. And yes. and the I, uh, the Scorpion chain was like as, the easiest thing. As we record it on our one of our first extra lives, I am shit at fighting games. Oh, yeah, um, you are. So, <laughs> <laughs> so playing, playing with the baby character was definitely the one I played with the most. But I know this one's also a boring choice, but I've always loved Sub-Zero, especially in all of his uh, offshoot games, more than in the Mortal Kombat games themselves. I think there's just one, but I mean, I like that offshoot game better. But it's just because even in, I haven't had the chance to really role play for D&D and stuff like that as like a spell-based person, but I do like ice spells a lot. The character I'm um, playing in, in Final Fantasy fourteen is ice-based in terms of their spells and background. So I am drawn to that character. I, I really want to get into like 10 and 11 with all those really dumb, insane characters to see if any of those latch on. Not any of the guest ones, because obviously my choice would be Rambo if we were, <laughs> we were allowed to use the guest characters. But yeah, I think that's one thing now. I think they're on, I think 11 is on Game Pass or something like that, or some way I saw I could get free. Maybe it's, maybe it's PlayStation. But maybe check it out and just see if any of the new characters catch me. Gotcha. What about you, Dan? All right. So I have I have quite a few, but I'm gonna try to narrow it down. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna give you three. I'll give you my top three. My number one favorite is Noob Cybot because I enjoyed he he and Smoke were the two uh, like hidden characters in Mortal Kombat 2. Mm-hmm. So Smoke's was the better way like to find him was cooler than than Noob Cybot. To fight Noob Saibot, I think you had to win 50 matches in multiplayer mode without getting hit once. So basically all I had to do was play against nobody and just beat them up for 50 matches to get that. Because <laughs> I, I was not good enough to actually fight someone and not get hit. That's a tall order. 50 times? Yeah, it's yeah. a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. They, I guess they just knew we had nothing better to do with our lives back then. <laughs> back then. Yeah. I mean, hey, you'll sit here and do this. We bring that up on the game vault all the time is how different gaming was back then. Like they didn't, they didn't give a shit that they were gonna waste your whole three weeks trying to unlock Noob Sabot. Oh, it, yeah. I mean, it was so cool. I, I miss those days. I mean, not this one in particular because it's very boring, but I guess the simplicity of it. In some ways, now you just buy things or you just uh, pre-order and then it comes with the character. To be able to unlock certain characters, you actually had to do things, kids. <laughs> What's another one? Uh, Baraka. I, really? I enjoyed Baraka. Yeah, I liked Baraka because I was always a fan of Wolverine. So anytime you had a character with something like giant metal blades coming out, it's like, oh, that's like Wolverine. That's so cool. And then I just enjoyed his finishing moves because they were so grisly where he would just like impale you or like bite you. He was always one of my favorites. And he had the, uh, he had the spin move 
I don't know if you remember what he would basically just twirl in a circle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you went near him, he would just slice you up. And my third favorite, and this is more of a uh, an original character, I liked Kano. Kano was uh yeah, because I just liked his design. A dude with a metal plate in his face. And <laughs> I just thought that was so cool as a kid. Like, wow, this guy looks so awesome. He's bald and he has a metal metal uh, metal eye. That's so cool. You must cool. have hated the movie then. I thought the design for the character in this movie was okay for the time. I was like, well, what else are they gonna do? You know, it's it's the nineties. They don't have that kind of special effects budget. The guy who played him was kind of corny. He's dead now, by the way. I uh, saw that, yeah. Yeah, That's he's sad. dead. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? But, yeah, th- those were my, th- my three favorites. For me, I'm kind of boring. Sub-Zero is probably my favorite, I would say. Maybe second would be Raiden. I was thinking about this while I was watching this when uh, Reptile showed up. I was like, imagine being the person that your main is Reptile. Because, like, Why? you're obviously foregoing the other two more awesome ninja characters <laughs> to play Reptile. Well, reptile can turn invisible. That's, that's, that's not as cool as Sub-Zero or Scorpion. Yeah. Reptile was also the first hidden character. In so. Mortal Kombat 1. Yeah. Do you remember, does anyone remember how you could find him? He was on Pit? or yep. I Yeah, I forget the exact thing you had to do to get him, but... You had to do something special on the pit. You had to like do flawless victory and knock them down onto the spikes or some some crazy crap. I think on the pit, whenever Santa Claus crossed the moon, you had to perform a fatality that didn't involve the block button. Or you, you couldn't block, couldn't take yeah, a hit, you and had to perform a fatality. Hit. So that was how you had to do it. And that's what I'm talking about. Like that, that kind of stuff, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> There's none of that like really weird shit. I, I was going to say that's how people, like every, kids talked about it in school. Like there was no real internet back then. And that yeah. was the arcade game. That wasn't yeah. even the home version. That was a, like, can you imagine trying to do that when you're paying quarters every time you're playing? Oh, I know. <laughs> it probably went through a small fortune as a child, you know? To reach him, one must earn a double flawless victory without blocking once and then perform a fatality. There it is. It must be in the pit stage, and a flying object must appear in the background, sailing in the sky past the moon, which is our Santa Claus. (laughs) How weird is that? (laughs) They don't always always appear. They appear at random. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel the reason Noob Cybot is so hard to get is because he's kind of a joke character, in a sense. Because not the joke as in the character's a joke, but the name is like the name of the two creators backwards. He became a much more popular character. Uh, not more, more popular, but he became cooler as the series went on yeah. because essentially he just mirrored the other ninjas. He had the same fighting abilities as Sub-Zero and uh, Reptile and the others. But now it's like his whole thing is he has a shadow with him and the shadow helps him with the moves. It's a pretty cool concept, I think. Yeah. If I remember correctly, he's the he's the soul of the original Sub-Zero. Correct. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. But... uh. I mean, that, that's like Mortal Kombat deep lore and not not movie <laughs> which, lore. That which has been reset twice. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm excited. It's just twice? Yeah, in, in video games. It's, I it was it's more than that. It's three trilogies. It's I'm excited one, two, to see and three, four, five, and six, and then nine, ten, and eleven. I don't know what they did with seven and eight or if those were even, like, if they counted other games as seven and eight. Oh, but, DC, Deadly Alliance. DC versus uh, yeah, Mortal Kombat and all Mortal that. Mortal Kombat? Mortal, mm. Mortal Kombat, Armageddon. They had so many that were just yeah. so terrible. 
<laughs> I never owned a single Mortal Kombat game. Really? Yeah. I, I used to Surprising. rent them uh, rent them from Blockbuster yeah. or wherever all the time, but uh, I don't think I actually owned it. I was probably more of a Street Fighter person, to be honest yeah, with you. I, I was just going to say, I think I only own Tournament Edition. Uh-huh. You know, or well, that's Street Fighter. Whatever. Yeah, Street Fighter. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I actually owned the Mortal Kombat. I don't think. Maybe, maybe that I was ever... the Mortal Kombat Panic or something amongst parents. Well, oh, that's yeah. one reason I didn't own a Mortal Kombat, because my parents paid attention to that stuff well, and they didn't let me buy buy adult video games i remember my dad bought me mortal kombat and he's watching me play it and i performed the uppercut and you know everyone who's played mortal kombat knows the hilariously cartoonish uppercut where they go flying 10 feet in the air yeah you know so i'm I'm playing it my i do that my dad goes you know you can't do that in real life right (laughs) i said yeah I, i think so he's like okay just making sure, and then he left the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was parenting. My parents definitely didn't care of me playing that. I feel like I feel like I remember a specific moment of like going to rent it, and then the guy behind the counter was like, "You know, this is pretty like mature rated, right?" <laughs> my mom was like, "Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine." Like, shut up, narc. Right. <laughs> well, and, and it's the the funny part is this guy was trying to like make sure. Hey, I'm just made, I'm looking out for your kid here. Just letting yeah. you know. And, well, and he, our parents were like, "Yeah, shut the fuck up." <laughs> he's like, "I don't want you coming in here three days from now when it's due back. Say, what the fuck did you let me let my kid play?" <laughs> he's kind of covering his own ass there. <laughs> yeah, I remember in it was the '64. It had Mortal Kombat four, and we had rent. I had rented it with a friend of mine, and we were playing like we were playing tor- the tournament. And we realized that if you go to the longest tournament or like the the longest ladder, mm-hmm. you just had to beat the first person, and it would play end credits right after that. Really? Yeah. Was it a bug? I guess. I I don't know. That's when you know, know if it was just broken. <laughs> I don't know weird. if it was just like ah, no one's gonna pick this, so we'll just do that, and it'll be fun <laughs> for people that decide it. And That's... so we like would sp- we spent like the entire night just like playing everyone to see everybody's backstory uh, to see everyone's end credits. That's awesome. like in those. Do you ever see the, like the 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 tests where it's basically it's a whole big paragraph, but at the beginning it just says all you have to do is write your name and you pass this test, <laughs> right. and just to see if people pay attention. That's that's essentially what that is. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a quick break and listen to some ads because we got to pay those bills, and we'll be back in a second. And welcome back. And now it's time to get into this week's movie. And this week was Mark's pick. So, Mark, why don't you tell us what we're watching? Yeah, so I had a very specific idea that I wanted to do, and I talked it over with you guys because as of the airing of this podcast, the Friday before, I believe, the brand new Mortal Kombat movie will come out. I think it's on streaming and in theaters. So I, I posed a question to you guys when I knew the timing would sort of line up was like, would you want to hold off and just do that movie or maybe do one of the other ones? And um, we came to the decision that it might be better to go back to a thing that we kind of used to do with this podcast in the beginning was do a movie that related to something releasing that week. So we uh, chose to do the original Mortal Kombat from 1995, a movie I saw in theaters. So... I gotta say, as dumb as, like, or to say, as thin of a plot as this movie has, you know, outside of it just follows the, the quote-unquote story of the first game, it was a lot of fun. I just, I didn't realize how much time went by, and then I checked, and it was like a half hour left, and I was like, oh, 
Oh, okay. I, I didn't think we were that far in. I gotta say, definitely after watching Virtual Combat, I can appreciate this movie's fight scenes much more because sure. they were never boring. There were some dumb moments in them. You could tell who was a good fighter and who wasn't a good fighter by actor-wise very easily. It was fun. It had some stupid moments, and I can only imagine how terrible the sequel is if this is the one that everyone praises as actually being the good one. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Tom? Where are you coming from with Mortal Kombat? What's your history with this movie? So I saw the movie when I was way younger. It was one of those movies I saw at like like a cousin's house. They had a big screen TV, and they're like, oh, let's watch Mortal Kombat. Okay. And I I was into it, but as going back and watching it now, it th- this whole movie is fan service. Like, yeah. Instead of trying to like tell the story of Mortal Kombat, it's we're going to make every Mortal Kombat reference possible, which in some cases is good, but some cases not so. But yeah, the choreography is the first thing that really jumped out at me at, right after the music, because they they went right at right at you with the Mortal Kombat theme. They weren't messing around. They weren't waiting. They were just going to throw it right at you immediately. So right on that New Line Cinema logo is <laughs> immediately as soon as it hits, it's. Mortal Kombat, and then they go right into it. It's it's about the only way they could have done it. I feel like. <laughs> what about you, Dan? I did not see this in theaters, but I did see it. I, I believe I got it on VHS. My uh, again, my dad brought it home. I really like this movie. This is one of my favorite. This might be like the best comic, not comic, uh, best video game movie still up until. I'm I'm hoping the new one outdoes it because not to say that this movie is perfect, but. I I enjoyed this movie a lot. I would uh, pretend to be certain characters after seeing it. And uh, so one of the characters that I wanted to be was uh, Goro. And I wanted to dress up as Goro when you're when Halloween. It did not turn out well. It did not turn out well. Because, you know, my mother, God bless her, when she saw what she had to do... I don't know why she didn't just say, are you sure you don't want to be like a vampire? Vampires are easy because we what we did was we went and got two like disembodied arms and a bald cap and tied a ponytail to the bald cap and then used some twine for the arms. Did you uh, attach the twine to your arms? Yeah. So they moved when I moved my arms. <laughs> And uh, I, I think I wore just like a white T-shirt. I look like something out of Toxic Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was probably one of the worst Halloweens of my childhood. But, you know, again, my mom saw it and she was like, well, I'm not going to say no to my son. I'm going to do my best. And she did her best. There, It, it was an insurmountable challenge, really. Yeah, that's that's for my pretty mom. tough. I mean, even the professionals didn't do very well i I was gonna say because and and even in the movie like i credit them for taking such a huge leap in trying to make it work and it sort of does but mostly doesn't with goro so real quick i have a question about this because i actually made a note of this is goro a puppet or is it a like a claymation figure you guys know it is a puppet yeah, he he has it's like an animatronic puppet essentially, right. but he has people who are also like inside him at times. I think. Right, it's like Big Bird. Yes. Okay. It's, again, it's very strange. Yeah, because yeah. I was like that. 
that is not CG. They must have done something something practical, and I just don't know how it's working. I guess they kind of went off the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? Because they were basically yeah. puppets too, right? Yeah, I mean, they were people in in the actual suits. Right. So I, I think they did a, mi- um, a mishmash. Like in some areas, there's someone in the bottom half, and then they're controlling the upper half. Yeah. Uh, because he, you can tell the proportions are like wildly off. <laughs> like the legs are like normal legs, but then the, like the torso like leading up people. to the chest is like five feet. And then the chest upwards is another few feet. So it's like, this guy's like 12 feet tall. Yep. <laughs> it weighed 125 pounds, apparently. Oof. Wow. That's heavy. Yeah. He probably went around making fun of all the sub-12ers. <laughs> <laughs> half human, half dragon, Goro. And and his finisher is god-awful. That just slaps the guy right in the face. Yeah, he just gives him so, like an overhand punch. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that dude... As soon as they introduce him, you're like, yep, he's the first to go. <laughs> he, he might as well have just said, hi, I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> hi, my name is not appear in any of the video games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Hi, I'm not a character in any game, but uh, I'm here and they recognize me. So oh, don't bother learning first. my name, everyone. <laughs> I don't even remember what his name is. That's how much I didn't care. Uh, it starts with an E. I think I it's think? Art, art, or something. art. Yes. What a bad. Yeah. You're going to die with that name. <laughs> Entering Mortal Kombat, Liu Kang, Raiden, Art. <laughs> uh, so speaking of people that didn't seem to make any sense in this movie, in like the first Johnny Cage scene, one of the guys he's beating up, I swear, is Eric Bana. I checked. <laughs> it's not I, him, though. I know it's not listed, but <laughs> if you look at him really fast, like it's like, why is that Eric Bana in this movie? And I've never <laughs> heard of it. Is that the guy who forgets to fall down? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. I was like, all right, I, I can see it. Right. For me, never saw this in theaters. I wound up renting it a few times, more than once. But I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that we literally just watched Virtual Combat. I had no idea that this movie was coming out this Friday when this airs. So I probably wouldn't have picked Virtual Combat before that. Uh, if you told me this was coming out in June or July, I would have believed you. It's fun. I don't know if there was any... While the choreography was decent i don't know if there was any fights that were great i would have loved to see the actor that plays Liu kang in virtual combat because he's not a heavy he's not a kickboxing champion but he is so much more interesting to watch than don the dragon wilson this guy should be the dragon who do you guys think would win in an actual fight robin shu or don don the dragon (laughs) i'm gonna go robin shu all, all evidence tells me Robin Shu. It does. I, I mean, wasn't this movie basically made to to launch his career, and then yeah, just nothing we, happened after this? Right. He was, he was in Beverly Hills Ninja. He was in Beverly Hills Ninja. He was a he was in the the, the original um, Jungle Book live action movie. Yeah, right? he's Mowgli, right? He, it was Mowgli. I think was the name of the movie actually. Yeah. yeah he's a grown up Mowgli. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, I like Robin Shu. I, I thought he was a very good martial artist actor, and he's he's kind of funny in this movie at times. Oh, in the beginning, for sure, with the Johnny Cage stuff. Yeah, yeah. the boat scene's great with it. He's, he plays that perfectly. Just another <laughs> starstruck fan. <laughs> yeah, he's got a decent amount of charisma in this movie. Yeah. It's it's a shame that he, he, he like 
the nineties ended and so did his career. Right. He he went on to like more TV, I think. Yeah. But yeah. the the actor that plays Shang Tsung is pretty great oh, in this too. He's a returner for uh, they called this a movie. Right. Yeah. What movie was it? The Phantom. The Phantom. He was in the Phantom. Yeah. He's the pirate yeah. lord or whatever. I feel yeah. like he's in everything. Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Yep, and they brought him back for Mortal Kombat 11. Yep, to play Shang Tsung. To do the mocap and voice. And they they brought a a lot of people from this movie back to do Mortal Kombat 11, I believe. I believe the guy who did Johnny Cage was also in Mortal Kombat 11 as well. Oh, he he desperately needed it, I I bet. <laughs> he's in a lot of stuff. If you go back and look at his like IMDb, he's like in Teen Wolf and all this, all these weird he, shows that he does yeah, a lot of TV. He was in Mel on Melrose Place for a while, like right, he was right in after Resident this. Evil. Wow, interesting. Well, Paul W S Anderson, oh. the same director, hooked him up. Yeah, hooked him up. Uh, but he's the weak link in this yeah. movie. Mm, I don't know, because he can actually fight a little bit. He's you he's not a weak guy. Wilson. Yeah, Bridget Wilson is definitely the weak link. Because she Although, only gets the one fight. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about how unbalanced this tournament is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. We <laughs> get, we get, I real quick before we get away from Bridget Wilson, I think she's a very underrated '90s babe. She was great. Yeah, I, I think her. she's very hey. underrated. And trivia says she did all her own stunts and all her own choreography. She did not have a stunt double on this movie. It so looks. I can uh-huh. tell you it looked like it. Yeah. And then was... also she had some those really kick-ass cop moves at the beginning when oh, she was God. going down into the boat. And <laughs> they, I mean, this movie, like I said, this movie is fan service to the nth degree because they, they teased Jax yep. In, yep. The, in the beginning of the movie. But like the dude shows up for you see his face for five seconds and then that's it. They never talk about him again. And then yeah. they recast him. Uh, <laughs> but Mark had a good had a great point. Because even Jen noticed, we're watching the movie, and she, when she goes into the bottom of the boat, she hits her marks perfectly. She's like, all right, stop here, point the gun. Turn over here, point the gun. Like, yep, you're, you're doing great. Also, she I love does the she, same thing in the rave, too. Yeah, I love how she's shooting people at a metal concert, and just right. nobody's paying any attention. No, nobody gives a shit. Right. And she she even shoot- says, like... What did she say? Like, is the place contained? Oh, yeah, it's contained. No, it's not. It's <laughs> a full-on concert going on right now. <laughs> like, Skrillex is up there. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> and, we just but, thought it was part of the music. But right. she's returning fire. That guy shoots into a crowd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and no one gets hit. At least her okay. back is turned towards the crowd. And she shoots a shotgun Terminator style down at the hip with no kickback. Yeah. Well, she's she's she's, so get, she's super she's super strong. She's in the this, the tournament of power, or whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> but now, okay, the tournament. So the first the first fight is between Liu Kang and the Lion Guy. He's a returner too. He was in Virtual Combat. He was in Virtual Combat, right? Then Sonya Blade fights Kano, right? So we right. got two mortals fighting two mortals. Also, Johnny Cage. Real quick, before we go too far, I don't remember any of the like the kills in this movie. There are like when she killed people. Kano. I don't. I didn't remember that. That's the only one I remember. I didn't there's, remember that. I think that. there's three kills in like in the actual tournament. Right. right. Kano is killed by Sonya. Johnny Cage kills Scorpion. Liu Kang kills Sub Zero. Sub Zero and Reptile, but Rep- I don't right. know. Right, but that's is. yeah. But then Johnny Cage, who is a Hollywood actor, so you could assume that he is not as 
skilled as a Shaolin monk like Liu Kang has to face Scorpion in his first fight. Also, can we talk about the pacing right there? Hellspawn. Well, you're well. You have the the one fight, and it ends, and then all of a sudden, Johnny Cage is in the middle of the woods for no reason, being chased by Scorpion. Like, what yeah. what happened there? They changed stages. Right. I, was like, <laughs> I was like, is this a sanctioned fight, or is this <laughs> like nobody wants to see this? <laughs> right. Where like for all like almost all of Liu Kang's fights, Shang Tsung is there. Yeah, but everyone else is kind of like he even hangs around to see Sonya because he has like a deep fascination with Sonya. That is one thing that never pays off. Is it no. just because she's a woman, right? Because I don't know. I don't. I like. There's no. There's no backstory as to why he wants her so bad. Like, why would he not want Katana, who's clearly more experienced fighter and a better, you know, much stronger person? I, I was thinking because for some reason he goes. Shang Tsung goes around choosing. Who to bring to the tournament? Like, well, that's that's kind of dumb because you're choosing the people who are gonna beat you. Oh yeah, and this I, is not a this is not a fair tournament at all. No. So no. I wonder if he chose them. He was like, all right, well, they can't beat me. Right. So that's why he chooses Sonya and Johnny Cage. But he never goes to he never goes to see Liu Kang. So yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know what the what her because that was one thing I was noted. I was because like he makes specific mention that Sonya Blade must be on that boat. Kano, yeah. the one job you have is to get her on that boat. And, he, and then when and she's then he, there on the boat, he mentions, I'm so happy. Like, he specifically calls her out of, like, like basically he handpicked her specifically to be in this tournament. But that it never, like, it never pays off. There's not a, there's never a reason except that she becomes the damsel in the stress at the end. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's the whole thing that he wanted her to be his bride or something, but. You're but they on, never pay it off. Yeah. Where's, that, where's the W.S. Anderson cut is the question. <laughs> In the expanded universe that you would have known from reading the books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say one other thing to mention is the introduction of Christopher Lambert was a lot more underwhelming than I think they thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Like They do the zoom in real fast and then he pops the hood up and does like a smile or something. Well, he's and, doing the Highlander is what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, I loved him in in this movie, Christopher Lambert. Yeah, I thought he was awesome. Is it Lambert or Lambeer? Oh, I thought Lambert. it was Lambert. 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 I don't know if I've ever heard somebody pronounce Say his it. name other than Lambert. Yeah. To be honest, but you make an excellent point. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> also, so let's let's talk about the the white elephant in the room. That's Raiden. What? Why? Why did they make him a white guy and not? an asian person like it's in every other version of of mortal Kombat. i don't know is he well in the in the games he i don't think he's asian he doesn't think he is i don't know it's i don't know i i made i i also made a note that were they going for the norse god of thunder because he kind of has a weird accent and it kind of plays into the the norse thing like instead of being Raiden is he Thor, you know, right. so something like that. Yeah, I don't also, know. Also, Christopher Lambert happened to be white and available. So. <laughs> well, he's probably the biggest name in this yes. movie. Yeah, oh, so, by far. So I, I, I can understand why they did it. I mean, it's probably him and Bridget Wilson for right coming off that uh, Billy Madison thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know. Was Billy Madison out yet? I, I think don't, it came I out in '94. This came out in 95. Maybe, I don't know. It came Billy out Madison the same was year. 95. She was oh, also yeah. in Last Action Hero, so. 
Oh, that's right. But she didn't really have that big of a uh, a role. She's only in it for like maybe five, ten minutes, right? Christopher Lambert's the biggest name in this. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, yeah. I was just saying she's probably second. Yeah, that's not. That's probably not far off. Yeah. I, but in ter- in terms of of that, I don't know if it like impacts the movie really. Yeah. And it's it's been corrected in the new movie. Right, I, I believe uh, an Asian actor is playing uh, Raiden. It's a mostly Asian cast, am I? I think. I literally have no, no. information no, about this new movie. <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks promising. I mean, I saw the first seven minutes of it today. They released the first seven minutes, and it's definitely bloody. So that's a good well, thing. Well, yeah, it's rated R. This one's yeah. rated. The original is rated PG-13, right? Yes. And no Michael Jai White as Jax. I don't want to. See. <laughs> I think he was he was Jax in like a a fan film or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And those were really cool. I think that's kind of what yeah. got this movie made. Well, uh, they did like a a web series or something, yes. didn't they? Yeah, I think it was, that's a, what it was an attempt to sell a new a new movie. But this mm. was this like ten years ago. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah they, I remember them filming it. It was yeah. really good because what's her? Somebody pretty famous was Sonia, wasn't it? I don't uh, recall. I can't remember. I can't remember. But yeah, it well, was somebody rather rather big that played Sonia in the. So now, question for you guys, because Anthony was talking about the fights before. What are your favorite fights in this movie? Like, how would you say you don't have to rank them or anything? But like, what what do you think was the best fight? I was gonna say the end fight's the best one for me. That's a good you fight. Know? Because they're it, probably the two most skilled going up against each other. Okay. I would say this, the Liu Kang and Reptile fight is my favorite. Because he actually does his moves in that fight. He does the bicycle kick and the Hurricane Rana thing. And like he actually, they actually do stuff from the game. I would say I would say the, la- the final fight is my favorite. Oh, they're mostly, are, not that they're bad. They're, a, a lot of these are, are really short. And I guess it's because there's so many of them. They got to get them in in an, in an hour and 40 minutes and build a story around them. But yeah, like a lot of them are a little underwhelming, to be honest with you. The Sub-Zero one's pretty yeah. underwhelming. Yeah, I agree. The Goro <laughs> fight with Johnny Cage is pretty, it's one and done. It's maybe it's, two he, minutes. He hits, he hits him in the nuts and he knocks him off a cliff. And that yeah. makes Those no are sense. $500 sunglasses, asshole. That's probably his best line in yeah, the entire yeah. movie. It's 500 500. It's it's 500. I thought he said I just watched it. Because I I I just watched it. It's either five or eight. I think it's It's, five. It's five. Yeah. And that's after building up Goro for the first (laughs) first half of the movie. And then he's (laughs) and then the guy that's just like kind of a jackass bests him. And and the best part about it is Raiden even tells him like, oh, you'll go into a fight foolishly and you'll lose. He does the the, he does that. Like, I'm going to fight Goro. And he wins. Right. Handily. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry Ryan played Sonya Blade there in it is, Jerry Mortal Ryan. Kombat Rebirth. They did that whole scene just for a, a nutshot joke. And I mean, also for him to say it's called Mortal Kombat, us mortals fight in it, whatever that saying was supposed to mean. <laughs> and I, I was, and Raiden said, he gets it. And I'm like, right. what? What? what is gets, yeah. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> I thought the the uh, Liu Kang reptile fight was the best one as well, but I get I get jacked up at the final fight when what is it he yeah like the song gets gets me pumped up but like right before 
uh, Liu Kang just beats the ever-loving shit out of Shang Tsung. Mm-hmm. He he does like this whole fucking. He gets I don't know what he does. He does like an an amp up. Liu Kang does. He's like <laughs> screeching at the camera, <laughs> and it, it, it it's it's a cool shot because it's like he's it's him silhouetted against the mm-hmm. background, and he does the you know he does his arm movement and he gets all amped up, and then he just proceeds to beat the shit out of Shang Tsung. <laughs> right, that final offensive why. attack from Shang Tsung. Yeah, and Shang Tsung does the Naruto run towards him. <laughs> <laughs> I am so, kind of sad that they didn't make Shang Tsung like transform into other people. Like that's his big thing in the game, and they they totally blew that by making it. Oh, he just summons other people. Like he only did it twice in the whole movie. He does yes. turn into Master Boyd. <laughs> yes, and then he turns into the brother, and that's it. Th- that I love that part when he turns into the brother right in front of Liu Kang. Liu Kang. Yeah. And he's like, and he goes, you I'm your brother. Him. I was sent by Raiden. Right. <laughs> right. It's not. It can't be you. Duh. <laughs> he watched him do it. Right. You literally saw him change. So Mortal Kombat from 1995 is directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, who also directed Soldier, Event Horizon, four Resident Evil movies, including the original Alien vs. Predator, Death Race, Pompeii and Monster Hunter. He's also married to Mila Jovovich. So she's stuck with the, being uh, she's stuck with being in his movies. <laughs> I was gonna say, I wonder what the tie is in there <laughs> with those movies so, and Mila Jovovich. So this dude likes video games, is what I'm hearing. That's what yeah. it sounds. Like. But <laughs> imagine just being married to someone who's like like a C D list director at best, and you're just forced to being in, in all his movies. But everyone loves her in Mortal Kombat. I guess, yeah. But he keeps making more of them. <laughs> yeah, that that is the problem. And you mean Resident Evil? Yes, Resident Evil. I was gonna say I don't remember her in any Mortal Kombat. <laughs> well, he so W W S Anderson owns the distinct title of having made the the worst movie I've ever seen in theaters in Pompeii. I don't that, I don't think I've ever even heard of Pompeii. <laughs> it good. It's a, it's a sword and sandals movie, so of course Dan's seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Listen. We've all seen sword and sandal movies, all right? It's I'm not the sword and sandals guy here. All right. Well, I when did... we do Pompeii on this podcast, we'll have remember this conversation. I, that would be my my one veto card. If anyone chooses Pompeii, I would veto it. You're gonna veto yourself. So, I and I I did just watch Gladiator this week, by the way. But that's a good movie, so I think I deserve a little leeway there. All right, so it stars Christopher Lambert, or Lambert, uh, Robin Shu, Linda Nashby, Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa, Bridget Wilson-Sampras, Talisa Soto, and Trevor Goddard. It's an IMDb score of 5.8 and a Rotten Tomato score of 43%. Budget, $18 million. And box office it made in the U.S., $70 million. I think it was about 125 overseas. So made a decent amount of money. Yeah. You guys want to get into the plot? What what little plot there is? Sure, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dan, what do you got for us this week? Right, real quick, just going to give a quick shout out to our friend Tia and her podcast, Top 10 with Tia. Uh, it's a weekly podcast where Tia and her co-host, Brittany, discuss top 10 lists. You can follow her at TC underscore Stark. And you could also check out Geek Vibes Nation, where she's the head writer there. So go give her a follow. And uh, yeah, that's it. Okay, and we are going to take a quick break, and you are going to listen to the messages from Friends of the Podcast. So we will be right back. 
Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribed to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there and welcome back and now it's time to get into plot for mortal Kombat. we open on every millennial's favorite techno song as the mortal Kombat play theme plays until we see the famous dragon logo against the backdrop of fire we all we... yelled it right of course <laughs> you admit that of course we i did. did not i was in i was I didn't either. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, no, I was I was definitely getting pumped up here in the yeah, music yeah. immediately. The, the one other thing I'll mention has nothing to do with the plot, just to jump it in here because I don't know when else it'll go in. Best part about watching the captions is that anytime they said the word combat, whether it meant Mortal Kombat or not, they spelled it with a K. Nice. <laughs> Give that person a raise. Yep. Guy <laughs> earned his money. We then see an ancient-looking Asian temple ruins against an unnatural cloudy sky as a young martial artist fights Shang Tsung. The young fighter gets his ass fucking kicked and his soul taken. It is assumed. Now, uh, real quick, but yeah. uh, why is he fighting Shang Tsung? It's not for the tournament, right? Because the tournament only happens once in a generation. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? So that, yeah, that's a it, that's he just a wanted his soul. Did he just like see him like chilling around the uh, the temple? Like, hey man, you don't maybe this here. was maybe that's part of his plan to get Luke Kang. So he had that plan to get Sonya Blade into the tournament. Maybe this is his plan to get Luke Kang into the tournament. Ah, so he's playing a re- long game. You got to remember, he just goes around harvesting warrior souls. Like he has a, I forget how many they said he has, but like thousands selection. For some reason, I thought it was like he could only do it during the tournament. Like he couldn't fight outside of the tournament. But uh, I, it's I, not really clear. Really. Right. Yeah. They're, they kind of set rules and break them throughout this movie. Immediately. <laughs> they, they play it fast and loose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shang Tsung kills him and addresses the camera directly. And he says, your brother's soul is mine. You will be next. One of the things, one of the, oh, the scenes that struck, rem, I remember the most was he reading yeah. that. He has some really good line readings in this movie. Yeah. He and does all the fan service. Yeah. He, yep. He says the flawless victory, fatality. Mm-hmm. He's got a great voice, too. Finish. Yeah. Finish. He's awesome. That's, like Mark said, I'm really glad that they brought him back for the Mortal Kombat game. Because when he says the, the character's name, it's like, oh man, like pure nostalgia. Just coursing through my veins scorpion and sub-zero <laughs> deadliest of enemies and our hero Liu kang shakes out of a dream in his apartment it was all a dream set off by the most callous telegram ever from his grandfather telling him <laughs> his brother has died return home brother died stop 
Return home. I think Stop. it just says brother dead. I don't even think it said brother, <laughs> brother dead. Return brother home. Dead. Grandfather. From, from from Western Union. <laughs> <laughs> brother dead. Return home. Grandfather. I remember that's another one that was just stuck in my head in my brain. Pick up, pick up milk. <laughs> Will you accept collect call from brother dead? Return home. <laughs> then we go to Hong Kong as Sonya Blade and Jack stomp around an active rave with automatic weapons drawn. They're looking for Kano, who was watching from the other side of a two-way mirror. Shang Tsung is there, too. Tells Kano that his only mission is to make sure that Sonya Blade is on the boat. Sonya gets shot at in the middle of the rave by a guy with an Uzi, and she returns fire, knocks the guy through some glass, and she shakes him down to find out where Kano is. And for some reason, Shang Tsung is very invested on Sonya being there. Then we're introduced to Johnny Cage, who fights a group of guys in an airport hangar. It's actually an action movie being filmed, and he walks off set as one of the stuntmen forgets his cue to fall down. And a Spielberg lookalike, who <laughs> plays the director, begs Johnny to come back to set. Fun fact, Steven Spielberg was supposed to make a cameo here because he is a huge fan of Mortal Kombat video games. Get out of here. Apparently, scheduling conflict meant that he could not do the cameo. According to the trivia. According That's to the trivia. Can you imagine if he showed up? Like, Would you think better or worse of him? Better, I think. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's a problem. I mean, the, he has a sense of humor. Yeah. He used point. to show up to, on Animaniacs all the time. Yeah. Because oh, that was part of his creation, right? Yeah, he created it. But, I mean, yeah. that's such a weird thing to just... I, it's one thing to, to put your name on it. It's another thing to be like, I'm going to lend my voice to this as a cameo. <laughs> yeah, the Saturday a, morning cartoon. And, and if I remember correctly, Spielberg has a long history with video games. He's part of the reason for... It. Um, E.T. E. being, you know, as as bad as it was, yeah. you know, but he went to Atari to have that made. And then someone was like, yeah, you can do it in six months, right? <laughs> That's really I think it was like six. I think it was like six weeks. Six weeks. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 You can do it in six weeks, right? Yeah. And that guy <laughs> so was I'm like, yep. I think that. it was one guy that was like, yeah, I can do it. That was uh, that was Senior Spielbergo who was uh, who showed up. His non-Union <laughs> Mexican equivalent. Yep. <laughs> uh, so Dan, are, are you glad that for the more new Mortal Kombat movie they resisted the temptation of casting Jai Courtney as Kano? Yes. Yeah. I, and I, I made a mistake uh, for the the Shang Chi movie. The the bad guy looks like Jai Courtney. I was like, oh, this movie looks really good. And then the guy who looks like Jai Courtney comes in. I was like, oh fuck. Now I can't see this movie because Jai <laughs> Courtney's in it. But it's not him, so Christ. So you're hurting. okay. Yeah. You need a fighter with an Australian accent. What's <laughs> Jai Courtney up to? Oh God. How do we want this movie to suck? Let's get Jai Courtney involved. I hope he hears this, by the way. Yeah. Fuck him. Yeah, <laughs> we've had enough uh, Clint Howard on this podcast, and he's a better person than Jai Courtney, guaranteed. Yeah, yeah Jai Courtney would not be so so fun loving with it. Fuck me. <laughs> that was my Aust- do from that, That's accent, your best Australian. That's what you got. Yeah. It was okay. I thought it was. It it could be better. He's not gonna take that twenty one hour flight from Australia <laughs> to get here. That'd be, that'd be great. He shows up in my front door. <laughs> Dan it's like Aquino. James Allen Ball. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say on this podcast that <laughs> you didn't give a fuck about me? Punches me right in the face. <laughs> Sitting in Johnny's chair is Master Boyd, who I assume is Johnny Sensei. He's reading a tabloid that suggests that Johnny Cage is one big phony, so he offers him information on a tournament that will prove that he is not a fraud. Master now, now, I would love the audience to let us know if Master Boyd is somehow in the Mortal Kombat lore. 
because the way they introduce him is you're supposed to know who that guy is. Right, yeah. At least you're <laughs> supposed to know who the actor is. Like, it's supposed to be yeah. some big cameo. I, I think thought he's that was Meatloaf. Too. Meatloaf? That is, yeah. is, is, I don't think it's Meatloaf. No, it's not. But it, I was like, is that... When I first saw it... Like, oh, so it was, was like meatloaf. me thinking it was Eric Bana. Yeah, yeah. I, I know it's not Meatloaf. But who, <sighs> that was... Fun fact... That was also supposed to be Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> dual cami- uh, dual, uh, dual characters. They really wanted him in this movie, so they just kept offering him. Oh, you want to be this guy? We could be this guy. Right. There's literally no no mention of him ever again in the games in any other movies ever. Yeah, I, I don't think he's ever mentioned in the game. He does not look like he knows martial arts either. No, he, he looks like he color. knows he knows Tiger Shulman martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> like just like some out, like overweight, out of shape guy who like maybe back in the day was good, just like telling kids, "All right, kids, just uh, you know, you know, punch each other. Sounds good." And then just kind of smokes a cigarette in the in the corner. That's yeah. what he seems like. Uh, that guy was also in uh, Escape from L.A., which we have covered here on the podcast. Oh, a lot of returning actors. Yep. And then he offers him, Mr. Boyd leaves, and it is revealed that it, it was Shang Tsung in disguise the whole time. And Liu Kang returns home to his grandfather at a Shaolin temple. His grandfather tells him that his brother died while he was training for the tournament. And the monks gather, and Liu Kang tells them that he's going to enter the tournament to avenge his brother's death. But the elders refuse to consent, saying that vengeance cannot be the only reason or else he will lose. And then Raiden shows up and challenges Liu Kang to a quick spar to prove he is capable. And Raiden makes quick work of Liu with a simple flick of his wrist. And Liu says that he's going to the tournament no matter what the elders say. And he storms off. Johnny arrives at the pier the boat is leaving from. He sees a guy by the name of Art Lean reading a tablet with Johnny's face on it. And then they talk a little bit about each other's careers. Art is some sort of fighter and Art recognizes Johnny from his movie career. How long do you think it came? It, it took them to come up with the name for that character? Art Lean. Art Lean. Five seconds. Yeah, very quick. <laughs> They're about to shoot that scene, and he's leaning up against the dock, and somebody's like, "Oh shit, we forgot to name this character in the script." Uh, Art Lean. Right. Yes. He named himself. Yeah, like, figure that, figure out your own Glass name or something from Brady Bunch or <laughs> George Tropicana. George Glass. Yeah. George Glass. <laughs> Uh, then Johnny acts subtly racist towards Lou, assuming he's some sort of bellhop for this broken down pier and flashes some cash in Lou's direction. So Lou takes the money, takes Johnny's bags and tosses it into the water, then walks away. Then the boat shows up and it looks like it is pirate ship fall- rowing at a time. Everyone begrudgingly boards the ship and then Kano boards it too, which causes Sonia, who has been staking out the pier the entire time, to jump on the boat as well, despite Jax's protests. The most, the most uncool um appearance of someone that was supposed to be super cool like the lightning flashes and then he's just standing there they do yeah. that a couple times with him yeah. like they, like you just see his eye yeah you know like all right they do it there and then when sonya fights Je- uh kano you just see his eye again yeah. when he's entering the arena like all right we yeah we get it it was cool yeah. the first time but <laughs> it was like it's something that looked cool on paper and then right. when they shot it it was like ah Went to the well one too many times many there. Times. Well, yeah. they probably ran out of budget and just had to use the same shot over and over again. They, they do that. They do that one time that I remember. They reuse the same shot with Johnny Cage beating up one of the henchmen in the dining room. 
he does the same spin kick to the the one uh, the one henchman. They use they reuse that shot, but I don't know if there are others. There might have been. Well, speaking of reusing shots, uh, some of the CG in this movie may be the worst I've ever seen. <laughs> oh yeah, it doesn't hold up. <laughs> it's so not good, especially <laughs> the whole reptile up. thing. The reptile thing is real bad. Yeah, it's really. like something Maybe out of a Super Mario Brothers movie. For the yeah. time, it was probably also pretty shitty, but... <laughs> well, yeah, you, you gotta think, didn't uh, Jurassic Park just come out before this? 93. Yeah, so... And I think the next year, Toy Story came out. Mm-hmm. Right, 96? I think it would have been 95. Oh, yeah, really? The same year. Oh, shit, yeah. see, there you go. I mean, that is far better. <laughs> uh, this is also an $18 million movie, so... Yeah. He, he, that, he, that shot was half the budget. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Johnny goes to confront Lou but bumps into Sonia who knocks his bags out of his hands and then she goes below deck to find Kano. Below deck, Liu Kang, Sonia, and Johnny run into Shang Tsung, who then sticks Sub-Zero and Scorpion on them, saying they're powerful warriors but slaves to him. Then Raiden shows up and has a pissing contest with Shang Tsung, telling him that he is acting out of bounds with the tournament. And then this is the first time that Sonya is even hearing of, of such a tournament. <laughs> She's on she a ran onto a ghost know. boat for no reason. <laughs> yeah. You know what I like? I don't know if you guys noticed, and it's not really important, but it's just something that made me laugh. Uh, every time Shang Tsung sees Raiden, he like bows to him respectfully, mm-hmm. and Raiden never bows back. <laughs> it's like I always thought there was like some sort of like decorum, you know? Like, all right, like I hate you, you're my enemy, but. We're still bound by the the tournament's honor kind of thing. Well, I think Raiden is technically superior to uh, Shang Tsung. I think Shang yeah. Tsung is just like a, a sorcerer. Yeah, he's just a uh, yeah, he's sorcerer. a god. Uh, but right, Raiden's, Raiden's the god. god. Right. So, but I just thought like, okay, like you know, there's still that that mutual sign of you know warriors respect kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But no, it's just like uh, Raiden just tells him like, yeah, fuck off. I'm not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Also, before we get too far, since we keep talking about uh, Sonya trying to find Kano, do they ever say why she's trying to find Kano? Uh, yes, her she partner. killed her partner. Okay. And that is that is video game accurate. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, so this is the first time she's even hearing of the tournament, and I'm still not sure about Shang Tsung's exis- insistence of Sonya Blade on this. And uh, Shang Tsung calls off Sub-Zero and Scorpion, then retreats. Then Raiden turns into electricity and goes to the top deck. Raiden then gives them the lowdown on the tournament. They have been chosen to represent the Earth Realm in Mortal Kombat. The Outworld is another realm ruled by an evil emperor that Shang Tsung works for. The Outworld has won nine Mortal Kombats in a row, and if they win a tenth, they can take over the Earth Realm. Raiden says that one of the three will des- one of the three fighters will decide the fate of the Earth Realm. Yeah, and I then, think one, one of the lines delivered before this when they first come up from uh, below deck um would have been much better if johnny cage was a better actor um when he's like there's got to be a perfectly reasonable explanation and Liu Kang goes yes he is the he is raiden the god of thunder and controls or he like gives him explains it and mm-hmm. johnny cage's character just goes yeah perfectly reasonable and then walks off I'm like, ah that you know if it was a little bit better delivered that whole joke about you know what Liu Kang is saying not being completely reasonable would have felt better. Just I, it just stuck out to me. Yeah, I think I think you say that about every single one of Johnny Cage's lines. That if <laughs> he was said by a better actor, it would be good. <laughs> He's good at playing like completely lost, but sure. that's about it. Yeah, 
And then Shang Tsung starts doing vaguely sorcery things in the sky. And then they arrive on some ancient looking rowboats, Johnny with way too much luggage. It's an unknown island void of any radio signal and compasses freak out on it. So we're basically off the map here. After an excruciating climb up a set of stairs, our heroes walk into the temple, gargoyles and candles as far as the eye could see. I want to ask if you guys noticed this too, and maybe go back and take a look at it if you can. But when they're doing the zoom out of the stairs, there's just one animated guy near the top of the stairs that looks like he's not even walking on steps. Oh, no, <laughs> like that they just that. left in the, C- <laughs> the CGI. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> it looked like the test guy they were using <laughs> for, for for the animation, and they just left them there. Forgot to put it. Yeah, forgot to uh, Remove take him out of there. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing the same three steps. Yeah. <laughs> So they walk in, and then Liu Kang gets some serious doomy vibes from Princess Katana. So Shang Tsung has reptiles stalk them, making sure that Princess Katana does not talk to the Earth realm people. They all wind up at a dining hall having dinner until Shang Shang Tsung shows up with some warriors and red face coverings and Sub-Zero and a few others. He welcomes everyone to the tournament and then shows off what Sub-Zero can do by... uh, they flip all the tables so no one could finish dinner, and then Sub-Zero makes quick work of one of Shang Tsung's warriors. And we get the statement, flawless victory. Uh, Shang Tsung. We applause from the crowd, I forget, in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Well, it's, I don't know what that guy was doing. He said the thing! <laughs> it's their first fan service moment. Also, yes, what was that guy doing just kicking the air for ten minutes while we watched? <laughs> he's, he's showing off while, while Sub-Zero is clearly charging up. It's like, all right, I have to wait until he's ready. Then I can attack him. Shang Tsung leaves the dining hall and our three heroes go to follow him. They eventually stumble upon another dining hall and find Kano going to town on some giant turkey legs talking to some unseen person. It turns out it is Prince Goro, a four-armed monster that is a champion of Mortal Kombat. And the special effects have not held up quite that well. In this. No. Nope. Uh, they do. They I could tell that they kind of shot around the fact that maybe the mouth didn't operate quite as well as they had hoped. There's a lot of of goro talking off screen yeah (laughs) yep he sounds cool sure yeah that's kind of where it stops (laughs) who does does goro's voice do we is it anybody we we know or is it just some random dude Uh, is it frank welker frank welker does shao khan okay that that makes sense i heard the voice at the end of the movie i was like that sounded really familiar that's because it's fucking megatron he does shao (laughs) khan and reptile kevin michael richardson so that's elmo elmo does yeah. Like Bad Elmo? I think it's Elmo. Is it Kevin Michael Richardson? Kevin Michael Richardson? Uh, the Emperor's daughter? I thought he was Elmo. He was Stitch. I oh, know he's Captain Gantu in Lilo and Stitch. He's prime he's in number a shitload two. of stuff. Yeah, he, he does a lot of stuff. <laughs> but the, this Universe. is not. So uh, I remember the the documentary about Elmo, and now yeah. I don't think that's him. I think he's taking over as Doctor Hibbert for The Simpsons. Oh, maybe. His name sounds super familiar though. I don't think I actually don't think he is Elmo. Um, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but he, he his name sounds super familiar. In a ton of stuff. He's in Invincible. He's uh, the Mahler twins. He, he appears to be a lifelong voice actor, so yeah. he's been in just about everything. I think he's Beast Man in the new Masters of the Universe miniseries. He's got a very good voice. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I mean, I didn't the, know. So the I voice know. is the best part of Goro in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he does he have any good lines? I'm 
trying to remember if Goro has any good lines. I feel like, like nothing, no, not really. Yeah, nothing nothing really is. Yeah, time to die. And then that's kind of it. He, he doesn't yeah. he never really even seems that imposing. Like, sure he's huge no. or whatever, but I don't he's know. He's very stiff. Yeah. It, <laughs> they just never make him seem scary to me. I don't yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's just because I've seen the movie before and I know how it goes, but um yeah. even when he's fighting art. He doesn't seem like he's doing all that much, but that's probably no. because they couldn't move the goddamn pup. <laughs> probably. Uh, yeah, it just seems like he's just able to take a punch. Dude, like, right. Jen, while we were watching it, Jen, Jen made a comment. So, like, so Art punches him, and Goro stops both of his hands with his like lower arms, mm-hmm. and and Jen goes, "Is that allowed? <laughs> like, like, why wouldn't it be allowed? Like, first of all." He's a giant half human, half dragon. So like, we, can, we have to kind of throw plausibility and rules and, out the window here. Like, well, like in boxing, you can't do that. Well, no, of course not, because that's not how boxing works. But this isn't boxing. This is Mortal Kombat, Jen. Yeah. The whole I time Art's like beating on him, just seems like he's fighting like a, a giant leather couch. <laughs> I would have loved. I would have loved to have like, like Johnny Cage. Like that's not. That's against the rules. <laughs> Yeah, the guy throwing also, ice. Yeah, people are also throwing <laughs> ice and scorpion things at people. Which, by the way, are we gonna get? I I, don't, I may be spoiling something here, but why is scorpions like thing living? Why I is it alive? That. that makes I no sense. Yeah. I guess because they couldn't figure out a, another way to do it. But yeah, I didn't like how it was like its own like little squeaker. Mm-hmm. It it makes it very uncool. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it like runs into a brick wall and splats like right and then he loses it right <laughs> like, like, what was the whole point of that you see him going oh fuck i gotta grow another one right. come back these things take forever <laughs> so shang sung shows up wow that's hard to say and tells goro that shang sung uh that Liu kang is kung lao's descendant and they must be careful of him he also warns of princess katana trying to help the earth realm people because she is the heir to the outworld realm she may be more benevolent to the Earth realm. They go to leave and make a ton of noise in the process. The <laughs> Shang Tsung sticks some henchmen on them. But then the place is kind of a maze, and the way they came isn't the way they came anymore, and they get lost. I, I will say, John A. Cage has one good line in this movie. When they see the outline of Goro, and he goes, Sonia, you go ahead and check out what that was. We'll stay behind. I thought, that was like, okay, that's something that a normal person would probably say there. Uh, go ahead. Especially Johnny Cage. Yes. So I, I give him kudos for that. One point. <laughs> and, then, and then Katana shows up. So Liu Kang follows her like a puppy dog. And Reptile spits something into his eyes and temporarily blinds him. Eventually, Johnny takes the lead and leads them right back to the dining hall. Where they have to fight some faceless guards and our heroes beat the shit out of them. After they celebrate, Raiden does the sarcastic clap thing and a whole bunch of other guards show up. But Raiden threatens the guards with lightning powers and escorts the heroes out of the room. Raiden and the team do a classic Aaron Sorkin walk and talk, and he talks about Goro and Shang Tsung. And then the next morning, the tournament begins, and Shang Tsung has the first bout with an unnamed, and Liu Kang has the first bout with an unnamed guy in dreadlocks. Liu Kang makes super quick work of the guy, despite the fact that the guy roars like a lion. And then Shang Tsung steals his soul and says fatality, which doesn't mean anything to anyone in the scene, but it means something to us, which I guess counts. Right. <laughs> yeah, it literally doesn't mean anything because Liu Kang didn't do the fatality. Right. It, he just stole his, his soul, which I guess they just had to work in a way to make him say fat, fatality. I don't know. Yeah. 
And what a weird like character trait to give the opponent. Like he roars like a lion, mm-hmm. but he has no special powers. He's not why would, like, I just don't, as fast I don't as understand. a lion. Or... Why wouldn't you just like try to fit in another character? You got like right. 100 characters. You can't just throw another one in there. Right. Well, Mortal go- Kombat 2 was the only, was the most recent one out and they didn't have many in there. So who I mean, who could you have thrown in there then? Like Stryker? you couldn't throw I don't know. Striker was Mortal Kombat 3, I think. Like you couldn't throw Kung Lao in there cuz he's a good guy. Right. So uh, the base roster was Baraka, Jax, Johnny Cage, Katana, Kung Lao, Liu Kang, Molina, Raiden, Reptile, Scorpion, Shang Tsung, Sub-Zero. So this is pretty re- well represented. Right, yeah. Baraka doesn't show up. Yeah, Baraka's not in there. Not in it. Molina, Kung Lao, and Kung Lao. Like Jax Kung, is Lao's, there. Kung Lao's mentions. Jax was already. Jax is now, in there. I'm gonna so, get nerd. I'm gonna get yeah, nerdy on you guys. Go, go ahead. So the it's, Kung Lao that is mentioned is not the Kung Lao that's in the game. Correct. Ooh. Kung Lao is like in the the Kung Lao in the game is like a cousin to to. Uh, Liu Kang, it's he he's a descendant right. of, gotcha. of him. And he defeated Goro. So that's mm. why they, they didn't get the, the ten wins. Mm. But I'm glad you brought that up, Tom. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm here for. The nerd crap. Uh the next fight is Sonya Blade. And Shang Tsung says he brought her a gift. And it's Kano, and it's some pre fight posturing brandishes the knife that he used to kill her partner. The fight starts, and Sonya Blade just straight up murders Kano by breaking his neck. And then that's the end of her arc? That yeah. That's all, that's all that she does. When you mentioned, because uh, you mentioned that she does all of her own stunts, mm-hmm. and it kind of, it he, Kano kicks uh, Sonya in the stomach, mm-hmm. and she sells it really well. Mm-hmm. Like, it looked like it really hurt. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe it was a, a mishap. I don't know. She did sustain one injury, which was a, a uh, dislocated shoulder. So that, that was it. wasn't it. But no. he, he boots her real good in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I, con- considering that neither of those people looked like they had any fighting experience, it was a pretty decent uh, choreographed scene. Yeah. But I you can... Uh, you can tell that she has zero yeah. martial arts experience. When she's training, like she's warming up, she's doing like backhands, and it, it looks so awkward. Like you would not last in a fight. Yeah. So it's like the Pink Ranger. <laughs> Just like doing these really weird, I guess, uh, karate noises, you know, <laughs> like your typical. Uh, <laughs> how everyone does it in the in the uh, in TV and movies prior to this. Still better than Don the Dragon Wilson, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I question his validity as a uh, kickboxing champion. Uh, and, yeah, that's the end of her arc. She literally could probably just go home at this point. <laughs> like you and said, then, she's she's literally just there to be the damsel in distress after yeah. that. Or some kind of romantic relationship with Johnny Cage. What, or whatever they were trying to do. Just which comes out of nowhere. Right, Warm which, at best. Right. And then Johnny Cage fights Scorpion in the woods and with no one around to watch him. Sort of seems unfair for Luke Kang to fight a guy not important enough to name. Sonya Blade fights Kano and then Johnny Cage, a movie star, has to fight a guy that can shoot grappling rope out of his hands then transport them both into hell. <laughs> <laughs> you know, normal stuff. Normal um, stuff. Fun, fun nerd thing here to add from my perspective. Um, the actual voice uh, for Scorpion here is Ed Boon, um, who's the cool. creator of Mortal Kombat. 
or one well, of the said, creators. All three lines he says. Yep. Get yep. over uh, here. Get down he, here. I hated he that does, line. Because he does the um. What the get down here line? <laughs> that that, yeah. that and welcome. Welcome. What? Because <laughs> yeah, he's the actual voice sample in the games for those of you that did not know out there. That's right. pretty cool. But when he says get down here, I I always laugh. Get down here. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. He's, you turn like a badass character into just like a joke. <laughs> he is a, in this movie. He is a complete joke. Yeah, it's sad what they did. But, did there they did him dirty they fight johnny cage employing the art of jim Cotta, and until scorpion rips off his own face and blows fire from his route mouth but johnny manages to find a shield to deflect the fire and uses a spear to hit scorpion in the arm which for some reason catches fire and he slices him with a serrated shield edge and scorpion blows up and a signed picture johnny cage falls onto this fiery corpse <laughs> i didn't understand that the, isn't the that picture? one of his fatalities i so, think uh, that. it was it's a friendship Oh, friendship. He signs the he signs the paper and then he like kisses it. Yeah. Was the was the shield supposed to be a kung lao call out because it was like a it was a sharpened edge that looked like it could be. I I thought it I thought it might be, but I was probably reading too far into it. I just love that they took the in Mortal Kombat lore the two most powerful ninjas and just made them like almost equivalent to foot soldier. Yes. <laughs> they're really like the two most popular characters yeah, yeah. above above all just the power in terms of the the game the the popularity of these two characters are through the roof compared to everybody else in in almost every single game one of them is on the cover or both of them are on the cover and uh, arguably their storyline is way more interesting than anything that happens in this movie Yes, I agree. I would have to agree with that. And then Liu Kang fights Katana on the beach. And is it a fight or not? Uh, she gives him hints on how to win his next match. Uses yeah. Use the element that brings life, is what she says. And then I suppose Shang Tsung just ends the fight because she's not taking it seriously. And I guess she's disqualified. I didn't realize that this isn't <laughs> a fight to the death anymore. It's Calvin Ball, yeah. Well, like, what if Shang Tsung just decides, like, all right, well, now you're not going to fight Sub-Zero because she's <laughs> telling you how to beat him. Why don't you go fight Goro now? <laughs> right. <laughs> right, because right, he, I guess he decides who fights who. Like, all right, you know what, you're just going to go fight, like, random nobodies now. Yes, uh, yeah. We're going to have Sonya fight Sub-Zero and just get her fucking ass kicked. I've seen... I've seen I've seen beer pong sign up sheets with more order than <laughs> than this than this tournament. It's Thunderdome. I, there are no rules. Again, the the whole Johnny Cage in the woods thing just still makes no sense to me. How does like, he get back from hell? How does he get How does he get to the woods? Where is there wo- you're they're on an island? Right. Yeah. <laughs> where are there woods? I don't. Oh. But I get what they were going for, because th- there's a map in Mortal Kombat 2. It's like the living woods. Right. Mm-hmm. So I get it. Like, all right. Yeah, there's woods here. So that you, you got that going. But yeah, where would there be just a forest <laughs> in this, on this island right now? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if, if you were able to look it up or anybody has IMDb in front of them, but I'm pretty sure uh, Kat- uh, Katana uh, probably didn't have any martial arts background. Because she looks just so. as stiff as Sonya Blade. No, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure she's a supermodel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she was pretty pretty stiff in there too. He he is so gentle with Robin. Shu is so gentle with her when they fight. <laughs> like he yeah. he does like a 
a, like a hip toss, but like gently carries her over and down. <laughs> like, oh, you oh, easy, you easy. can tell he knows what he's doing, and she has no clue. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, she's he's he. He could have had professional wrestler in his future if he wanted to. You know yeah. what? Like we're going back to the weakest link, she might be the weakest link, Katana. And then she... they put her in another movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I, does she fight? She does. She fights uh her she mother. Melina, doesn't she? No, Sonya fights Melina. Uh, I think she fights uh Sindel. Oh, okay. Hmm. But she was, yeah, she's uh, the, they she's take the, the weakest link. The weakest link out of this movie and give her the starring role in the second movie, which tells you everything you need to know about the second movie. No, that the second movie was so bad. I I saw that in theaters for a friend's birthday and I was very upset. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Liu Kang's next fight is with Sub-Zero, even though no one is watching. But Raiden shows up ahead of the fight and leaves a couple of buckets of water around. So Sub-Zero and Liu Kang fight for a while and then Sub-Zero starts to conjure up some ice. Then Katana shows up, and Liu Kang remembers that she said, use the element that brings life, and he realizes that means water. So Liu Kang throws a bucket of water at Sub-Zero, which forms a giant icicle and impales Sub-Zero. And no one was around to see it. <laughs> so, so, in a prior scene, Raiden bitches out Shang Tsung for having his goons mess with his fighters. And that's a problem. But in the tournament, Raiden openly messes with the outcome of this tournament fight does he not he specifically says that uh shang's what shang sung was doing was wrong because it was outside of the tournament oh so but if shang sung were to interfere during the tournament it's okay I guess it's okay as long as it's not directly interfering i suppose maybe okay. uh maybe raiden just thought they'd be thirsty <laughs> right <laughs> but he's just incognito then shang sung tells goro it's time for him to fight and Goro just runs through a motley crew of no names. Uh, so he's got he's got to fight like twelve people, and everybody else like Sonya Blade it's only the, gets one fight. Uh, <laughs> Johnny Cage only gets two. It's the it's the martial arts equivalent of the wedding crashers scene. Yeah, right. <laughs> I well, just don't understand the organization of this tournament. <laughs> he and the, a lot of the people he fights are just like like really out of shape people too yeah (laughs) who would have invited these people to the tournament right yeah (laughs) it's the best of the best and here's just the fat guy yeah i think i think art should have known something was up when like he's the other guy from the from earth and like raiden (laughs) just wants nothing to do with him right he doesn't talk to him at all (laughs) hey like i'm I'm fucked aren't i (laughs) it's like i'm fucked aren't i (laughs) i didn't even think of that (laughs) this is on the boat right He's got to see Raiden talking to these people. Right. Oh, That'd be shit. a good movie to just watch everything from Art's point of view. <laughs> That's more interesting to me. It's like, man, who's that guy over there? Why is he talking shooting Johnny? lightning out of his hands? <laughs> like he he goes up to Johnny Cage. I'm like, hey man, like. That was pretty interesting. What was that? Oh, you don't... Yeah, that's not for you. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As we mentioned, Art. Art fights Goro. Uh, And luckily, we don't have any attachment to Art. Um, This is Kenneth Edwards' last IMDb credit. Uh, So I think they actually killed him in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Goro beat him so badly that he stopped acting. (laughs) He doesn't stand a chance against Goro, and he gets slapped around until Goro does a really underwhelming fatality where he just kind of punches Art one more time, and then Shang Tsung (laughs) steals Art's soul. That was Uh, the uh, 
movie equivalent of when you're trying to do a fatality and accidentally hit the punch button. Yep. <laughs> so, oh, shit, I didn't mean to do that. And, oh. and for some reason, Sonya Blade's really upset about it, but we yeah. have not seen her share a scene with Art in this movie. Yeah, she's super upset about it, but literally, I think they've said one word to each other the whole time. I don't think they said one word. I don't think they said any words to each other. They did just, not share a scene. Yeah, it's, it's just Johnny Cage. Yeah, yep. just Johnny and Art. Yeah. yeah. Maybe she's a big Art Lean fan. <laughs> never, maybe. Uh, we'll, we'll find that out in the W.S. Anderson cut. <laughs> yeah, I had steals. a. Oh, good. Uh, I had a full scene where they shared dinner together and they just reminisce about like, he knew her partner or something like that. There, there was definitely a connection there that we missed. Uh, so Shang Tsung steals Art's soul, which brings me to a question. What is the morality of this tournament? Shouldn't there be a bipartisan third party running it? Is it understood in the bylaws that Shang Tsung will be taking souls for his own personal gain? And then our heroes then have a crisis of confidence after Art dies. And Raiden points out all their flaws. Johnny is held by on proving he's not a fraud. Sonya wants to prove that she doesn't need help. And Liu Kang is afraid of his own destiny. So Liu Kang meditates, but can't shake the vision of Shang Tsung killing his brother. Meanwhile, Johnny Cage plans to challenge Goro for his next match. Does Christopher Lambert's whispering at Sonya feel a little different in 2021? A little bit, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's like getting ready to like kiss her ear it looks yeah. like it gets all up in there <laughs> well, like, i guess it would it would be weird if he did it to like johnny cage <laughs> like, all right man well, cool. it's also, i think it's also the way he speaks too it just kind of he kind of whisper talks so yeah. it makes that's it a his little voice weird. right yes i'm pretty sure okay. that's just how he talks okay i i want i didn't know if it was just how he was choosing to to speak in the character or that's i think that's how he usually speaks but i'm not a I'm not really I, sure how. I want to say he's from like Switzerland or something. It's, in it. it's that yeah. classic Great Neck Long Island accent that Christopher Lambert has. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> he was born there, but he actually moved, I think, to Geneva. Oh, okay. And he was like when it's uh, like an infant. Because I looked up <laughs> I where he's like, from. Where is he fucking from? Can't place the accent. Yeah. So uh, Johnny Cage will get to. Uh, so he goes to. Johnny Cage goes to Shang Tsung to broker a deal. Johnny Cage will get to fight Goro, but Shang Tsung will have his opportunity to fight the winner or anyone else of his choosing for the final fight of Mortal Kombat, essentially rendering the entire tournament meaningless. Raiden tries to intervene, but Shang Tsung says a deal's a deal. So Goro and Johnny will fight. Johnny walks in with his signature sunglasses that we haven't seen yet in this movie, but it's a callback to the game, so we had to show it. And Goro immediately snaps them in half. So as the fight starts, Johnny does a split and punches Goro right in the dick, bringing the monster to his knees. And then Johnny then hightails it up a rock formation. Someone should have yelled, Goro has nards! Uh, Shang Tsung orders Goro to follow, which he does. And then Johnny surprises him and kicks him in the face. Then a few more times and kicks Goro off the cliff. And the CGI here definitely looks like more. It's like a video game than actual oh, yeah. CGI. It's pretty terrible. They're like an inch tall on the screen. And you could totally tell that it is not real people <laughs> in the slightest. Yeah. As a result, Shang Tsung takes Sonya Blade into the outer world and challenges her for the final fight of Mortal Kombat and then disappears through the portal. Is this his whole plan? Is that the reason why Sonya Blade is here? He's like, I could kick her ass. <laughs> and you know I, what's even better? In the scene where Johnny Cage is fighting Goro, 
it's shown that Liu Kang and Sonya are standing together. So Shang Tsung would have had to have gone through Liu Kang <laughs> to get Sonya. Well, so the man has a history of not helping out friends when they're in trouble. So. Right. Did he just, like, watch him take her? <laughs> like, hey, what, what are you doing? Where are you but going? It's, it's so weird to me because he's like, don't hurt her, just embarrass her. And I'm like, what yeah. is that? What does that mean? Like, what? Why? Why is that the thing? Because in, in in that case, he's expecting Kano to beat her, rendering her disqualified from the tournament. No. Yeah. Right. You can't lose. There's there's no losers bracket in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, then this then he can the... take her soul maybe. Right, but she's know. not dead. I I did, I don't I don't I don't understand his obsession with Sonya Blade in this movie. No, it makes no sense. No. Nope. <laughs> Uh, so Raiden says that he cannot go with Johnny and Luke Kang through the portal, but says if they look hard enough, they will find another guide. Do they? It's it, uh, is it Katana? Katana. It's yeah, Katana. it's kind of lame. How she got there, I have no idea. I guess she just off screen. She just yeah. went. Yeah. Well, she's the adopted daughter of the Emperor, so I guess she lives there technically. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so they go through, and then Lou spots a camouflage reptile and tosses him into a statue, which then comes to life with the soul of reptile, and then he has to fight reptile all by himself. They fight for a while, and Liu Kang eventually does his flying dragon kick and kicks reptile out of the statue and then stomps on the reptile to make sure he doesn't come back. Uh, real quick, uh, I don't understand the bugs. Yeah, yeah. those aren't snake. Those aren't reptiles. <laughs> they don't make any sense in, the, in any sense of the word of reptile, yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe the worms and roaches were cheaper than getting a bunch of snakes. <laughs> I, I don't know. I know that they're trying to make it look gross, but at the same time, it doesn't make any sense. So this uh, bucket of worms and uh, roaches is about a uh, five thousand dollars, or we can get this bag of snakes for twenty grand. I wouldn't. Uh, even, I could, there's no way that would have cost. It was probably like five dollars. <laughs> Reptile handlers are union guys that have bugs aren't. Are, right. <laughs> That's just the guy on the corner. Also, yeah. I, I, I love that as as soon as he comes to life, the the Mortal Kombat theme starts and starts on his name, and they have to they have to announce who he is. Otherwise, you yeah, wouldn't yeah. know who he is. Yeah, and uh, and guys, you guessed it. That uh that little reptile was uh played by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> he voiced him. But yeah, as soon as, as soon as he comes to life, he goes. It, that was a cool fight though i thought there was some pretty cool uh some pretty cool moves in no, that the, the fight itself was the best you and i agree that it's definitely the best fight in the in the movie i think i think so too uh, i enjoyed it but yeah there's just some weird shit that happens around that whole yeah. as soon as they go to to the other realm or whatever they call it outworld outworld yep it uh it everything goes to shit yeah <laughs> And then Katana shows up and gives Liu Kang a quote-unquote pep talk, saying that the state of the Outworld is basically the state of what Earth will become if Liu Kang doesn't win, and then he will have that he will have to face his biggest fear in order to win. And then we get some terrible CG as we go up to Shang Tsung's tower, and Sonya Blade has been given some sort of 80s makeover and slave outfit. Yep. Sonya, refu- Sonya refuses to fight Shang Tsung, telling him that her friends will come to rescue her, and they are. They're right there, posing as monks in the temple. Again, There's... the the most either video game slash wrestling appearance ever. Well, it, it, it is fan service because I think in the second Mortal Kombat, she's seen at the very end of the game chained up with Kano. 
Well, she's chained up in the first one too, isn't she? Uh, I don't believe so. And the, she's the she's the uh, she's a playable character in the first game, right? In, but in the second oh, she, game, that's right. She's not playable in the second one, right? Yeah, and she's in the the final boss level, and you could see her and Kano are chained up for yeah, whatever reason. Yeah, so they just take away any of her badassness. Yeah, the, essentially. Yeah, well, everything she everything she built up in the beginning, it's all gone. Well, it was just an excuse to get her in a uh, a skimpy dress, I'd imagine. Probably. Yeah. yeah. So so Shang Tsung acts like a coward, immediately challenges Johnny Cage to take her place, but Liu Kang steps up and demands that Shang Tsung takes him on. Shang Tsung tells his monks to leave, and the techno music kicks in again as Sung and Kang fight. They trade some hits until Liu Kang slaps Shang Tsung like a bitch and makes his lip bleed. So and, then, and then in my head, I started doing the Ben Stiller line. <laughs> How dare you make me bleed my own blood? That's, that's exactly what I was thinking when I saw him, <laughs> like, look at it. But he, so Shang... Uh, I, I would say uh, Shang Tsung is just like... he Even while getting his ass kicked, he looks so cool and he sounds cool. Yeah. Save your pity for the weak! <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, I, I know it's a bit in this thing about me wanting movies to be longer, but this fight scene could have been a little longer and it would have been just made it more awesome than it already is to me. You know, just mm-hmm. just had them do a little more than it, it seemed like they were just trying to get to the fan service part with the spikes. And I'm sure know. the the guy who played Shang Tsung did not have as much more um, martial experience, arts. martial arts experience as uh, as Robert Luke Shu. Robert Shu. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm sure that they were they were trying to work around that. Yeah, he definitely seems to hold his own though. Yeah, he has some good moves. Yeah. Uh, so Shang Tsung summons the souls of dead warriors to do his fighting. So Liu Kang has to fight them and makes pretty quick work of all of them. And then Liu Kang then goes off to face Shang Tsung again, and Tsung turns into Liu's brother Chan, tries to trick him, saying he doesn't blame him for letting him die. Lu breaks out of any sort of emotional turmoil and says Shang Tsung killed his brother. So Shang Tsung turns back into himself and gets a few shots back at Liu Kang. But Liu keeps coming, saying that he is the chosen one, and Sung starts losing control over the souls he has harvested. Eventually, Sung has one more offensive push, but Liu Kang just hits him with a fury of blows, ending with a dragon fire, sending Shang Tsung to a set of spikes below. Now dead, Shang Tsung turns into a skeleton, and a beacon of light goes into the sky as the souls of Tsung harvested are now able to move on. Liu Kang's brother shows up and gets to say goodbye to Liu Kang before he leaves. Now, how great ret- would it have been? I'm sorry to interrupt. Sorry? How how great would it have been if when uh, Liu Kang hits him with like the dragon punch to send him off the cliff, he misses the spikes? He's like, oh, <laughs> he's alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you hurt my back, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm alive. <laughs> this is awkward. <laughs> so then our heroes return to Earth at the Shaolin Temple, and Raiden is there to congratulate them. But then the skies grow dark, and then the Emperor from Outworld appears in the sky and tells them he's going to destroy them. And Raiden says, I don't think so. And they all get into a fighting stance, and that's the end of Mortal Kombat. I hate the note this ends on, though. It's yeah. so cringe. <laughs> they definitely wanted to do multiple sequels. Yeah. Well, this is they, 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's so cheesy this this moment. Oh yeah, it's total 90s cheese. And it's funny cuz I believe you have Christopher Lambert in this movie, but he does not fight once. No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't do anything. He just flashes some lightning out of his fingers and eyes. He's the mentor. Yeah, he does a flick of the wrist that knocks Liu Kang on his ass and that was it. Yeah. 
It's uh, he fights in the second one, not Christopher Lambert, but uh, Raiden fights in the. Yeah, he he gets his fucking ass kicked in the second movie. Yeah. What's because he loses his god powers, right? Does he becomes human? <laughs> yeah, Which he, he loses. Fuck, he loses his, yeah, and he, he loses his godlike power and he loses his hair. Because <laughs> the only thing I remember about Annihilation is that he just shows up set in the second act with the haircut, and it's like a thing. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> they yeah, it's so stupid. And he just, yeah, he he immediately gets annihilated. It's pretty funny. <laughs> that's that's why it's called Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> right, right. It's specifically it just... about Raiden getting his ass kicked. Between that and the stupid animality thing that they tried oh. to make such a big deal. That was bad. That was <laughs> Shao Kahn turns into a Hydra? That's that's not a real thing. <laughs> well, well Luke Kang turns into a so, dragon. So, I mean, what... that's a good point. Uh, this movie held up a little bit better than I expected, to be honest yeah, with you. I haven't same. seen this movie in probably 20 to 25 years, so Jeez. I was surprised that it held up as well as it did. Yeah, aside yeah. from the some goofy CGI here and there, it, it did, hold, it, as an action movie, I think it holds up pretty well. Yeah, there wasn't as many problematic scenes as I expect when we go back in time right. um, to 80s and 90s movies. Um, sure. just, that, just that whispering in the ear scene was the only real creepy thing um <laughs> that um you know probably would have been better done today but um yeah there wasn't any short of the johnny cage thing but th- they would even make that joke today with him uh, with the luggage with Liu kang mm-hmm. you know so even that's not you know would have been taken out but yeah i, w- I was pleasantly surprised I-, I was expecting either it to be very boring um, or maybe that's just virtual combat tainting my martial arts movie um, <laughs> expectations. Um, or it was going to be like something that I'm like, oh, I've been telling people I like this movie. <laughs> you know, sort of cringeworthy, problematic experiences. Sure. Uh, okay. I think that's all we got to talk about with this movie. Uh, Tom, where can we find you? You could find me on Twitter at Tom Schuster, and you can also find my podcast at Game Vol Pod on Twitter. Feel free to come join us and uh, join in on our conversations each week. Each week. Great. All right, you guys can plug your shit too. Okay. Uh, at Diaquino122 is my uh, Twitter. Uh, at Stranger Damies is the Twitter for our Real Play D&D podcast, Stranger Damies, which Tom is also a part of, uh, all four of us, and uh, my wife and our friend Jonathan. We are all part of uh, Stranger Damies. So... Come follow us there and, uh, yeah, let us know what you think. Mark? Yep. So uh, Stranger Damies airs every Wednesday. Um, this week will be, um, I believe, an episode week that has just aired the day before. Um, so be sure to check this out. It'll be the end of our third session, I believe, um, uh, which has a pretty fun um, Easter egg scenario and all that I uh, wrote up, especially for a one Thomas Schuster um <laughs> for that so be on lookout uh for that one we are on instagram and twitter at stranger damies uh we air our sessions live um on our twitch channel twitch.tv slash game vault pod um we will be doing friday nights now instead of saturday afternoons um or sunday afternoons i should say so be sure to look out for um you know what time exactly i think it's gonna be seven or eight we haven't nailed it down but the twitter will be the best spot for that um, that'll be on April 30th, um, should be the first one. Um, so we're looking forward to it. Um, you know, maybe some good, I don't know if anybody has outs, so maybe it can 
have a little more extra long streams and stuff like that and not have to worry about it. Um, so, um, and then also um, we stream. Um, I don't know um, how much uh, Tom got into it, but uh, on Wednesdays we do Apex After Dark. Thursdays is my Paper Markio streams where I play Paper Mario. Um, uh, Jen does uh, Monster Hunter Rise or Dead by Daylight on Friday and Saturdays, um, alternating. And then Sundays is uh, Dan of the Wild. Um, uh, Dan's um, played through a Breath of the Wild. And then Mondays, Tom does, um, you know, his retro games. Uh, so be on the lookout for all of that. And, um, yeah, I'm just really, um, I'm excited uh, for uh, the uh, the next session, guys. I'm starting to write it a little bit. So get excited. Okay, great. And we are They Called Us a Movie. You can find us on Spreaker and wherever you get your podcasts by searching They Called Us a Movie. We're the main name It's the main website where you find everything we do, all our podcasts, shows, and hypothetically articles we write. You find it at themaindamey.com and on all social medias just by searching The Main Damey. Uh, we're also a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find that at gbnation.com and on all socials and podcast streaming apps just by searching Geek Vibes Nation. Tons of great shows, bunch of different types of topics. If you're into geek stuff, surely you could find a show for you. That's going to wrap it up this week. This uh, week we had Tom. Thank you for coming on. Hope to have you on again soon. And the director of Mortal Kombat was Paul W.S. Anderson. So, for Dan Aquino, Mark Myers, and Tom Schuster's, this is Anthony DelVecchio telling Paul W.S. Anderson, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you?